Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talk to Duke, who is making about $13,000 per month as of the end of 2020. This is a big increase over the last time I had him on, which was back in episode 22, when he was actually doing pretty well, making $2,500 per month. And he actually joined me on episode nine. So it's been quite a while since I caught up with Duke. The cool thing is, number one, he's grown his revenue by quite a bit. Not just revenue, but he's grown his profit by quite a bit. And the huge story here is he moved most of his income from affiliate commissions over to drop shipping profits. So his top line revenue as a drop shipper is actually like 60 some odd thousand dollars. And there's expenses you have to pay for the goods and some other items there, but he's making even more money. We go into all the details, including how he found companies to work with, distributors to work with. It's not as complicated as I was thinking it could be. There's definitely some uh, growing pains and different things to learn, but basically what what happened was Amazon changed their commission rates in April of 2020. Duke thought, hey, there must be another way. What if I can work directly with companies? And then he worked it out very quickly. He worked it out super fast. So I'm going to quit rambling on. I'm going to send it to the interview with Duke. If you have questions, shoot me an email, feedback at Doug.show. Share this with your friends, by the way. This is a cool story because Duke really, I mean, he had a choice and he was like, I'm going to make this slightly harder decision and see what happens. Duke, welcome. Thanks for joining me again. How are how are you doing today? Hey, man, it's great to be with you. Doing wonderful. It's nice, about seventy six degrees and sunny where I'm at. Very <laughs> cool. Great. And so, yeah, things are going good. That's awesome. And it was it was cool because you emailed me in response to one of the recent episodes with John Murphy, and I was talking about drop shipping, which was is completely out of my wheelhouse. But I have a lot of friends that are into it, and I knew it was sort of a, a possibility to shift an affiliate site over. But there's a lot of like hurdles, which we'll get into here. So I do want to yep. start at sort of the beginning and give people just a a quick overview of the site. Previously, we can talk a little bit about, you know, niche selection, keyword research, the content, some of the, you know, raw materials as you were building the foundation for this site. So yeah, can you give us a little, a little story, the backstory for it? Well, how I got into it and I'm, you know, most people by now know my niche. They've seen me on your show or they've seen me with human proof designs and they've went and looked me up and figured out what I was doing. So I'm not worried about, you know, people snooping. It started off back five, six years ago, actually, when I was looking to figure out how to live stream my church services for my church. And there was not hardly any information out there. And I thought this niche of, church technology would be a great niche for an Amazon uh, niche site. And so I started putting together a niche site. And ran ac- that's when I ran across you because uh, you were giving a lot of information about 
you know, both keyword research, the KGR method, and just how to do Amazon. And so uh, I built up my original site or my affiliate site. And in fact, right before March, I was up to making almost 5000 a month off of that affiliate site. Then March came and Amazon decided to give us all a bad haircut. And uh, at that point, I went, okay, I can see the future of this. And I thought to myself, well, why can't I sell this product instead of sending people to Amazon? Why can't I send, send people to my own site? And so I contacted a couple people I knew that were uh, in, the, in the industry, uh, a couple CEOs and said, what would it take for me to sell your product? And they got me in contact with some distributors and so I built a sh another site, a sister site that was just e-commerce for uh, uh, drop shipping, and that's what I've been doing. Got it. Okay, this is uh, this is pretty amazing because a lot of people were hit pretty hard in you know March, April of 2020. A lot of, I've heard you know 35 percent uh, cut in in revenue up to, you know, 50 to 60%, depending on what category area. So yeah, it was definitely a, a big deal. And, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned a lot of people, you know, found, found your site because you were, you were public and you were very generous in sharing some of your stories and you weren't too secretive, which, you know, that happens. So I'm just curious, did you run into, you know, copycats or people that were trying to, you know, just reverse engineer? Not reverse engineer. I think some people may have tried, but unless you know, I'm a pastor, unless you can speak with the voice of the niche, most people are going to pick up your, your, you really don't know what you're talking about, or you're really not part of the niche. So, you know, there's a little bit of understanding and lingo of how the inner workings of church works that average Joe Blow just isn't going to understand. Yep. So I, I'm not worried about it. It's not that we're trying to be secretive. It's just there's a, if you were a, uh, a plumber uh, and you're a real plumber, you can tell when a plumber's talking and when somebody who just went to Wikipedia to find out something is talking. Yeah. And to get, you know, another quick example on a tangent, it, you know, I had to blow out my sprinklers recently because it's going to get cold and you have to, you know, right. make sure you don't have water in there. Or it'll freeze and break. So I was looking up information on uh, like compressors and blowing out sprinkler systems. And yeah, I saw a bunch of affiliate sites, which essentially had garbage content. I was like, I could tell they don't know what they're talking about at all with compressors. Yeah. And, you know, if you read 15 minutes or go down to the hardware store or go down to ACE and talk to people that know what they're talking about, you realize that the vocabulary doesn't match up. They have no clue what you're using a compressor for. So that makes right. sense. All right. Yeah. So I really didn't experience any loss or anybody trying to steal my niche. It's just, yeah, or if they did, they never ranked, so I never saw them. Very well. That's good. I mean, that's that's what should happen. All right, so let's yeah. let's rewind just a bit, um, just to the the you know the original site, and you mentioned you know some keyword research. So can you just give us like a quick overview? Were you going after just 
a bunch of keywords? Did you kind of narrow it down to just low competition and then uh, build up from there? What was the overall approach? Well, at first, I, before I ran into you and what you taught, I just went with, you know, your typical keyword research of, okay, it has so many searches, let's go after that, not knowing whether, you know, not really doing enough background to whether it's high competition, low competition, or whatever. Scored a few successes that way, but then uh, when I learned the KGR method, uh, that's what, excuse me, that's when it took off. And so uh, one year I published over 500 articles on the site. Um, all of them were uh, KGR. And uh, they were either reviews, you know, uh, for instance, uh, a Canon HF R800 camcorder review. Uh, and so they were product name review or uh, best X for Y uh, within the in the niche and so you know uh, I saw a video recently of a priest that was using a squirt gun to baptize kids and because uh, of COVID and so you know a bad squirt gun for baptizing kids you know in church <laughs> that type of thing okay gotcha and were you writing most of the content or did you outsource some of it uh, I wrote the first over the first hundred articles, and then I outsourced to um, uh, Textun, T X T U N dot com, and they did a good job. So, okay. and for most of them, you know, best X for Y or a product review, I can throw in a few, a few little pieces here or there that makes it relevant to my niche, and it's fine. Got it. Okay. And you mentioned you wrote the first hundred, which is quite a bit. And if I remember right, you, you have a writing background and did you work for a newspaper at some point? Is that right? I, I have written for newspapers, you know, from uh, my job as a pastor, I'll do a weekly column in the, the local newspaper. And I also had a blog that had over 500 articles that I'd written just on uh, Christianity and my perspectives and on different topics. Very so. cool. Okay, cool. So you're, you're not afraid of getting behind the keyboard and, and writing. And I actually, this is kind of interesting a lot. Uh, you know, my audience is pretty diverse from you know, all over the world. And I, w I will tell you, you're an older uh, demographic. I could tell, I don't know how old you yep. are, but you look older than me. 57. All right. <laughs> it's a, it's a young 57, but I was going to say, you know, you're, you are getting into some technical areas. You're building multiple websites. We're actually going to talk about some of the tech stack that you're using now and some of the selections that you made, but it, did you always have a knack or are you particularly stubborn and able to work through the issues or what, why are you able to do this? Both. <laughs> uh, I have always been a computer geek. I owned the first uh, common was a Commodore. Uh, it was the yeah, it was the first Commodore computer that came out on the open market, the Commodore sixty four. Uh, you know, uh, in fact, this one didn't even have a real keyboard. It had a touchpad keyboard. It, it was that old. Wow! Uh, you had to go 
press down little buttons like you, you would on a phone, actually. Okay. And so it wasn't a regular keyboard. So I have always been a computer geek. And so I'm all the way up. And when the Internet started, I was right there when it first started and everything else. But I never actually did anything other than play games and do word processing and that kind of stuff. I was never on the web, building things on the web. It wasn't until 2011 that I actually built my first website. It was an ugly blog on uh, uh, Blogspot, I'm trying to think of what blogger. It was an ugly blogger blog. And uh, it got me started, but it didn't last long. And then I switched over to WordPress. And then I've been WordPress ever since until I did this e-commerce. Then I had to learn another new one. Okay. Awesome. And I can't wait to shift to that. I don't want to forget link building. So I'm a person who I encourage people to go out and promote your site, get out there, pay on the payment, all that kind of stuff. Did you do any link building with this site um, just at any point in time? Yeah. Uh, I did Harrow, help a reporter out. I uh, got some great links uh, for, out of Harrow. I don't know, probably 15, maybe 20 links before I stopped and got distracted with something else. But uh, I did that. Uh, I did some guest posts, and then I started getting picked up because I was already ranking for the long tail. I started getting picked up by other technology websites that, uh, uh, in fact, I got one that even now syndicates my stuff, uh, and it's DA70, and I get DA70 backlinks from them. Do follow D70, DA70 backlinks from them all the time. Wow. I guess they realize that, you know, it's a huge interest for the people that are trying to solve that problem. And it's a mm -hmm. big deal right now. So yeah, actually, that's amazing. I haven't heard of that, but that's, that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, they contacted me and said, would you mind? I said, would I mind? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So they do they do every um, article that you put out or just a, a select set? They, they, pick and choose. they pick and choose, but there's like 500 of them there, and they've been doing it now for mm, almost a year, I guess. About wow. Once a week, once every two weeks, they'll syndicate something off of my website. So that's another point in your favor where, you know, even if there were copycats or people that are trying to interfere with what you're doing, you know, you have such a head start and you're a member of the community. It's kind of hard to compete with. Yeah. You. So, all right. So we are in sort of the, I mean, we'll, we will rewind. Let's rewind to around the March timeframe. So you're making about 5,000 yep. per month and you, you know, yep. changes are coming. So when you took the hit, um, was it like 50% and when did you start to shift? Well, it didn't hit at once. It wasn't like, you know, one day I was making this next day I was making this, uh, instead it, it just started slowly tanking down. And I'm not sure why that was. Maybe there was a lot of backlog that was at the previous commissioner rate. Uh, but I noticed that, oh, this is going to get uglier than I thought it was going to get. Uh, probably within three to four weeks. Okay. And so at that point, I went, okay, 
time to decide how to counter this. And I had just recently been noticing, uh, I'd been looking at my monthly figures from Amazon and how much, how much dollar amount of sales I was sending to Amazon. And it was between $150,000 and $200,000 worth of sales I was sending to Amazon. And I thought, that's a lot of money. Why don't I see about if I can't take some of that from them and send it my direction? Yeah. When I look at those reports, I get the same feeling, especially historically where you look back and you're like, how many millions of dollars have I referred over? That is, you know, mind blowing. So yeah. did you have any other ideas before, um, you know, you, you actually did some drop shipping and decided to sell your products? Um, yeah. Were there any other possibilities that you thought, Hey, maybe I could try this. I looked for other affiliate programs and uh, they were as bad, if not worse, than Amazon. It was, you know, I've heard the guys say, oh, you can always find a better affiliate program. I couldn't find. The best I found was first uh, in the musical instrument niche, which churches use, use sound systems and that kind of stuff. Uh, I did finally find uh, uh, one that paid 5% instead of 3%, which is what Amazon's at now. Other than that, there was nothing else. Not much. Okay. And you mentioned before that you you had some contacts and you reached out to these companies. So did you, and you said, hey, I talked to some CEOs. So did you know them personally already? Or how did you make the, those relationships work? Uh, the first one, he actually had re reached out to me within the last year and asked if I would do some uh, content on his product. And they actually, I got a sweet deal on a, a camera. They gave me a camera for 10 articles and it was all, it was cool. I mean, it, we're not talking about a little cheap Canon camcorder. We're talking about a really nice, sophisticated camera that to use in a church that's uh, pan tilt zoom. So it's remote control and the whole bit. I mean, it's a sweet camera and I did 10 articles for him. So I'd established a relationship with him. And uh, so I reached out to him, and then I reached out to uh, one of the live streaming uh, providers, uh, hosting providers that I knew as well that I had done some some work for, and uh, he got me in contact with who to go through so I could uh, you, uh, sell their uh, hardware that goes with their system, and so that. That got me into the door to a couple of distributors. And once I was in the door to a couple of distributors, then every distributor was willing to talk to me. Wow. Okay. And can you tell us how much traffic your site was getting? Like, I don't know, just in the March timeframe, roughly just or from organic traffic. The affiliate site. Let me see. Affiliate site. It's down a little bit, but it was... It was about 25,000 to 30,000 visitors a month. Okay. So it's a good chunk of traffic, but nothing crazy. Yeah. And I think what we yeah. see here is it's so specific that it 
even if you have a small number, it's very important people that want to buy the stuff that you're talking about. So exactly. you got the attention of these manufacturers and these important folks that wanted to talk to you before you even needed their help. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, they wanted to break into the niche that I'm in. And I am one of the guys, there's about maybe three, four websites that are active and authoritative in this niche. That's pretty cool. So once you got in the door with the distributors, they have a bunch of products, they have contacts yeah. with all of these other companies and stuff. Exactly. The first distributor I got in the door with for this one product has probably 30 companies that they handle. And so I was also in the door with all those 30 companies. And the same with the second one. Now I have about six distributors I work with and hundreds of companies. Wow. So you found these opportunities sort of organically through your network. Yeah. Do you know if there's a way to, you know, find the distributors or if someone's like, hey, I wonder if there's products available for me. Do you know how to, to route that? Well, I, I would suggest this because I, I did this for one because I could not find a distributor that carried them. There's a company out of Australia called Black Magic Design. They work with uh, um, like ca real high-end cameras and uh, uh, video switchers and that kind of stuff. I contacted them and said, hey, who is your distributor in North America? And Because I would like to see about getting set up to sell your product. They got back to me and gave me the name, and I got to them, and it was all put together. Okay. So contact the company, contact find out who distributes. Yeah. Okay. Pretty easy, straightforward. Yeah. You have to get on the phone and chat with people maybe. So. Yeah. All right. So, and you've alluded to this a couple of times. You have your affiliate site where you still make affiliate sales. You're probably yep. still making some from Amazon. There's traffic there. Great. Then I take it you drive some traffic over to your e-commerce site, which is on yeah. Shopify. So, yeah. And actually, I give them a choice. They can buy from me or they can check the price on Amazon. Now, uh, my one of the things that's good that I do is uh, I offer to pay for sales tax. So it, I'm actually a little bit less than what Amazon will cost them. All right. That's uh, a nice competitive. Now, do you let them know that ahead of time, like when they're checking the Once price? Or? They, yeah. When they, when they land on my page, it, there's a big, bold thing that gives three bullet points of why to buy from me. One of them is I pay, you know, we pay sales tax. Very cool. All right. So you have that competitive advantage and you can see clearly. All right. Great. So with the Shopify store, um, do I have it right? So you, you can route people yeah. to Amazon or over to Shopify. Okay. So at yeah. this point, let's talk about Shopify. I know it's an e-commerce platform, but can you give us sort of a rundown for people that have like no idea why you would do that? Well, I, there was two options that I saw were viable for me. So either WooCommerce and put the store on the same site that I had uh, my affiliate site on or uh, go with Shopify. I chose to go with Shopify because 
Well, first of all, I've, I have played with WooCommerce in the past, and it's buggy. To me, at least it gets buggy. And I don't want the bugs. I don't want the headache of trying to figure out which plugins is conflicting with WooCommerce. Uh, secondly, Shopify uh, has all their own payment processors and stuff, so I don't have to get set up with Stripe or one of the other folks. I, it's all right there with Shopify, and it's all seamless, and it all works good. So uh, I chose Shopify and the fact that most dropshippers use Shopify, and I, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going to, I, I'm not going to try to reinvent the wheel. I'm just going to do what others seem to be uh, having success with. Okay. So it's a, and it's a little bit expensive. I, well, not really in the in the larger picture. It's I think I pay fifty or sixty bucks a month for the hosting and using the Shopify platform, and another thirty dollars in apps, which is the same as plugins uh, with WordPress. And so I pay $82 or something a month total to Shopify. Yeah, that's really pennies for the amount of um, top line revenue, which I can't remember if I asked you that yet, but your top line revenue is of what? Uh, let me look here real quick so I can give you an exact number. All right. But last month I had $61,423 in sales on my site there on Shopify. Congratulations. Is that the, the highest that you've reached? or That's the highest I've reached so far, but it's uh, I built the site in April. So that's at the end of the sixth six month, I think. April, May, June, July, August. So yeah, that's the end of the sixth month, not quite six months. That's awesome. So in, is, there, is there any seasonality with this or is it? There is for the niche. There is some seasonality at uh, August and September, uh, and then there is in January and February. The back to church planning for the holidays time period is August and September. So, you know, they're planning for all their, their budget and stuff and what they're going to do for the uh, holidays and for, you know, back to church and that kind of stuff. So, yes, there's a little bit of a boost in August and September. Same thing in January and February because most churches – run their budget annually from January to December. And so in January and February, they got new budget and money to spend. Got it. Okay. Interesting. So it, we may take a little bit of a dip, but it seems pretty, I mean, you're in good shape, I would say. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not like, you know, fly fishing, which is, you know, summer only, you know, or, or ice fishing, which would obviously be winter only. It's uh, it's pretty stable year round. You mentioned that you set the site up in April, so it sounds like you you did this pretty quickly. Can you kind of take us on a timeline from you know when you started and some of the activities in the first couple of weeks, and then when the site was live and making sales? Um, let's see. I started. Uh, it was probably the middle of April when I started it uh, because. Uh, well, we had been, we got locked down in March uh, with COVID, and I kind of have it timed with COVID. We got locked down in March. By April, I was like, I'm going to do something else here. And so middle of April, I bought the domain name. Shopify had a deal where you could uh, use their 
service for three uh, three months free. So I grabbed that deal because it was a COVID-19 deal thing. And I spent, I don't know, probably a week to 10 days both trying out different uh, themes and then finally deciding which theme I wanted to use. And excuse me, I ended up paying for a premium theme, which, you know, just like WordPress, I don't normally go with generic themes. And so it was probably all set up by the end of April. And I think I made my first sale within a week going live. And it was tough because COVID shut down almost everything. And it shut down supply chains. I had churches knocking down my door. I mean, seriously, Doug, if I could have gotten certain equipment, I could retire and do beach ministry in Tahiti, you know. I mean, (laughs) they were just knocking down my doors. And I couldn't get the product because it was all it was all gone and there was nothing coming in because everything was shut down from china it wasn't that all these were chinese companies but the parts the lenses and the computer chips and stuff they come from china and all the flights from china got shut down and so the whole supply chain dried up so i had to sell people on it waiting and some people had to wait two months to get their products it was crazy. Wow. Wow. That is, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, in fact, just at the end of sep- September, I finally got all my back orders filled. Is all the traffic coming organically, either from referrals or directly to your site? Uh, yeah. Well, with a caveat, probably 20% come from my site. Uh, another 30% come from Google Organic. And then Google has it set up now, and as long as it's free, I'll use it. Google Shopping ads are free. And so I have that set up to where uh, they pull all the information from my, uh, you know, from each page. They crawl it and pull it, and they put it up in their that little scrolling window thing they have at the top, Google Shopping, and I get traffic from that. Okay, so that's about free. Okay, so it's not paid advertising. Got it. And that is that's about fifty percent is coming through Google Shopping, the the free ads that are up there. Okay, so I guess it's only a matter of time before they start charging. Is my guess right? Well, they they used to charge, and then they made it free. So I'm not sure why they did that. Huh? Aren't they getting sued by like the some department of whatever right now? Yep, Department of Justice just launched an antitrust lawsuit against them. Okay, couldn't That's, happen to nicer folks. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they're looking. They're always looking out for us. Okay, maybe maybe they're. It's just like a sign. They're like, hey, look, we're giving free ads for some people. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, okay. That could be. That could be why. Interesting. Well, th- this is very cool. And again, work, you and I are coming at it from a different angle in that if you take a drop shipping course, most of the time they're telling you, hey, run ads on uh, Google AdWords or on Facebook or somewhere else. And if you know how, this has always been my contention. Like if you know how to get the organic traffic, you could do some interesting things. If you go to another area like drop shipping, where mm-hmm. they typically use a different traffic source. So your margins are, you know, higher than they would be just in general. Yeah, absolutely. Now, 
Shopify does have a blog section, and I have done like 10 blog posts on that section. And uh, so on some of the top keywords now, I rank in two spots. I rank with my affiliate site, and I rank with the Shopify site. That's cool. And I know you, I th- it sounded like you listened to the interview with John Murphy because you emailed me, but you know, he's trying to do exactly what you're talking about, either, you know, having his own affiliate site where he's ranking and he has more real estate or he'll have affiliates that also, you know, send him, send him sales and traffic and all that stuff. So very interesting. Now, from a logistical standpoint, how many products are you carrying? How do you decide what to carry? How did you tackle that? Right now, I have about 500 products on the site. I could have 50,000 if I wanted to. Uh, but, you know, I'm one guy. And uh, keep track of all that stuff. You know, I'm 57. I'm getting a little bit of old-timers disease. You know, it's a little tougher to get, keep track of things. I have four to 500 things on the site. My niche, I... Uh, right now, I've focused on uh, live streaming, video production, and on uh, sound equipment. Eventually, I will. I have a little bit of projectors and stuff that I, that are on there for display. Eventually, I will get into a little bit more, maybe some a little bit more technical uh, projectors, and maybe uh, you know, I would like to find. I, I've been looking for it, haven't been able to find it. Those that would provide. Uh, hearing impaired uh, assisted living or assisted hearing uh, equipment and that kind of stuff. So I'm just sticking within my niche, but there is a lot of product within my niche. There's a couple hundred camera companies that I can go with just alone for cameras. Wow. When you're, are you publishing um, like new content on the either blog just on an ongoing basis here? Off and on. I, when I get around to doing keyword research, I'll research 10, I'll find 10 keywords, I'll send it off to Texton to write them, and then I'll publish them. I probably, I'm not very, to be very honest, I'm not very uh, methodical about it. I'll, you know, once every two months, I'll publish another 10 articles or so and just blast them out and then let it sit again and do it that way. It's probably not helping me, but so far, I'm not seeing a lot of hurt from it. Okay. And as far as, you know, you said you had 500 products. Are you actively adding more as you see opportunities or is it like sort of steady state right now? Well, I've gotten a little lazy right now, but I will get back at it. Uh, just had to take some time away from being so intense on it because, you know, starting up something new takes a lot of time, and then after a while you need a break. Anyways, I will add more products, and it's both the – adding products is both the expansion of the niche or what you're covering in the niche and the expansion of getting new suppliers. For instance – Recently, the one I told you about that I contacted them and asked, how do I sell your product? I added their product just recently. And so, you know, I, I got $10,000 cameras on my site now and uh, all, all this stuff. And uh, that was added because I got a new source. 
So it's both a new source and an expansion of what you're covering in the niche. That's amazing. And I sold one of those too. It's amazing. I sold, I, I, I sold a $10,000 camera online. <laughs> that, that is nuts. It, yeah. Is that the most expensive uh, thing that you've pushed? It's yeah. the most expensive thing that I've ever sold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I would not have imagined. Amazing. Well, have you made any blunders? It sounds like everything's running smooth here. You know, make it sound easy, but yeah, any mistakes along the way here? Well, first one, my first couple sales, um, I showed you know that I had the product. I didn't really realize. Okay, there could be a problem here. That this stuff might get back ordered. And so I showed them up uh, in stock and everything. So people, you know, they're, I thought I was doing great buying them up. Then I couldn't get them. So then I had to contact the customers and say, uh, listen, I can't get these. Well, many of those people, they were trying to just get them and get them now. They, they didn't want to wait. Well, I had, I had set up Shopify to where it would automatically capture the payment instead of manually capturing that payment. So it would get the approval of the card and then capture the payment. Well, if they cancel the order, I got to return their money to them, but I lost the credit card transaction fee. It came out of my backside. And uh, so I learned real quick after about three of those, hey, this is, I'm going to go in debt if I continue doing this. And uh, I had to set it up to where, no, I wait until I know I can order that product and it'll ship before I capture that payment. So that was Smart. one of the mistakes I made. Another mistake was just not knowing the inventory cycle. See, now I've had, I've had enough time where, you know, I've, I've purchased something, they've, they've shipped it, I know how long it takes, I, I know what is usually in stock and what is not usually in stock. And so I can reflect that with my site rather than having everything just show as available. Uh, some stuff I read uh, during COVID, I just flat out said, this product may not ship for up to two months <laughs> and let them know up front. So people know, uh, you know, it's better to be honest than to have, people ticked off at you yeah and i know it must have been stressful those first you know couple of times you had to call oh. up and but yeah. i mean the good part is i imagine but perhaps not always but it's an industry where people are potentially more understanding and you're like hey i'm you know more i'm a pastor gracious. sorry uh, yeah they're more gracious yes exactly where in other industries, you know, they'll beat you up and they're, you know, pretty rude about it. So at, at least you had that going. Yeah, I did. Oh, just so, you know, other than that, I don't know of any huge mistakes I've made except, well, I just, I really don't, you know, that one was costly though. That, that cost me about 500 bucks before I got it under control. Yep. And I was going to say uh, like PayPal and I think Stripe work the same way. So if someone wants a refund, I pay for the transaction fee. You know, that wasn't always the case, but yeah, it's like 
3%. So it adds up pretty quick. It does. When you were moving over and, you know, starting Shopify, I, I suspect it's, you know, different than WordPress, but it has its own complexities and quirks. Was it hard to pick up or, you know, after, you know, watch a couple of YouTube videos, you're good to go? I was good to go. I watched the video on the theme I was using. Uh, I watched, uh, there's a, a couple brothers that talk about drop shipping quite a bit. They're good guys. I watched their videos. Uh, it was different, but it was very similar. Uh, you know, their language is a little bit different. Like instead of a plugin, it's an app. Well, okay. Whoop-de-doo. You know, uh, if, uh, I mean, they even have Yoast SEO, Yoast SEO app for it. You know, if you want it, I don't like Yoast, but they have it. Uh, and, uh, you know, getting to the, front end it was very similar to elementor where okay you got the element you're trying to edit and it's over on the left hand side and drop down menu so you get to that and then it shows it to you on the you know on the main screen and you do your edits you know put your name in or your logo or image or you have a instead of related posts you have related products and so it's all pretty similar. Okay. That's, that's what I expected. And, you know, there's a whole ecosystem just like WordPress or, you know, other big CMSs where you kind of can get anything you need. You may have to hunt around, but it's pretty straightforward. Okay, great. The only thing you'll notice is that there really isn't very many free apps. This is e-commerce. So they expect you to have a certain amount of money and willing to invest a certain amount of, uh, money into your site so you know your apps can be anywhere from eight bucks to 30 bucks a month uh and uh you can buy a themes you can buy with a one-off price but they're not like you know 20 30 40 50 bucks they're like 180 bucks so it it is more expensive Interesting. And that totally makes sense. Like you said, if, if you have an e-commerce shop, like you should be, I mean, you're running a business, you're selling stuff, you have money to pay for things. All right. Any, any other, you know, broad thoughts or, you know, things that I forgot to ask that you want to share here? Here's the, the thing that I would caution all, all your listeners is that don't bother with teeny tiny cheap items uh don't you know if you're selling 30 dollar foot massagers don't start a foot massage store uh because you know how many foot massagers do you need to sell to make a profit i mean really make a profit uh if you if you pay 20 for it you got another two bucks in operating cost, 22, you make eight bucks. Well, you're going to need, you know, to sell a thousand of them to, to make any money. Stay with high end, high ticket items, high end items. Uh, I do have some accessories that go with the items that are less money, but almost everything I sell is over 500 bucks. Uh, and like I told you, the one camera is 10,000, 99, 95. <laughs> and so, 
you know, I only need to sell one of those to make $2,000. So it's not nearly as hard. And I'll only take 20 minutes to put in an order to make $2,000. How long do you think it would take you to put in orders for eight, uh, for a thousand foot massagers? It'd take you all day. Put in each, every, everybody's each individual address and everything else. It'd drive you nuts. So high end is the way to go. So if you are, if you're in, say, the fishing niche, then only carry the top of the line fishing rods and fishing reels. Uh, sell the kayaks, sell the rubber boats, you know, the rubber rafts that are the nice ones. Uh, and, uh, you know, the top of the line equipment, the fishing uh, sonars, the fish finders and the technology, sell the high end stuff. Very good. Great advice. I know that that's a, that's a trap that people fall into, whether it's affiliate marketing or drop shipping, or um, maybe they want to sell on Amazon and they're selling, you know, some really cheap item where the volume just doesn't make sense. It, it will yeah. never make sense. The math won't work out for you. So, okay. High end. Very good. Well, um, I think that pretty much counts as like your your parting advice. But if you have any others, you know, if people are either interested in, you know, one getting started or maybe they're like, hey, I have a site that got hit hard. Um, you know, I'm nervous and I'm not sure if I want to try to move into drop shipping. It sounds more complicated and all that stuff. Any tips for folks like that? Well, it is more complicated. I mean, that is just it is more. Uh, it is not as passive as affiliate marketing. Uh, I probably field two or three calls a day to uh, my business phone. And uh, but the one today I sent off a, uh, a quote to, uh, it was uh, 9245 bucks for the equipment they wanted. And that's probably going to come through. So that's, you know, a nice chunk of change. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So you gotta, you're gonna have to field some phone calls. You're gonna have to talk with some distributors, and you're gonna have to do a few extra other things. But in the end, you know the the camera that uh, I first started selling uh, on Amazon, I made a seventy-two dollar commission on it. When let me make sure this is right. Yeah. $72 commission on it when the commission structure was how it was prior to March. Now, I don't think they dropped cameras, but I don't quite remember. So, and I thought, hey, that's great. 72 bucks. All right. I make $400 on the same camera now. What What's that worth? You know, yeah. To you, is it some phone calls? Is it worth uh, a little bit extra work? To me, it was. So, but yes, it is a little bit more complicated. You got to get your tax, uh, sales tax uh, number from the state, and you got to license your business and do those things. But in the end, it's, in my opinion, it's worth it. I'm making three times, four times the amount that I was. That's awesome. And uh, just a, a quick note those hurdles that you just described make it a more secure business because some joker from you know wherever can't just say yes. hey i think i'm gonna do this it's super easy you actually had you know personal relationships you were 
in the right place at the right time and you decided yep. to take the risk, maybe screw up a little bit, lose a few hundred bucks, have to learn some new technology. And it only, I mean, it's only six months later and it seems like you're doing pretty well. You, you seem very relaxed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if I wanted to retire and I don't want to retire, I'm still got things I'm doing here on planet earth. But if I wanted to retire, I could go live anywhere and do this because I'm making enough money now. That's awesome. Yep. Very cool, Duke. Um, this has been amazing. I think I want to check in with you in a few months and see how things are going sure. just to hear hear what you're doing and working on and how many products you have in the store. So appreciate it, man. We'll talk soon. Uh -huh. Oh, it was great. Thanks, Doug. Thanks to Duke. He's super cool. Very nice guy. Always enjoy catching up with him. If you didn't catch that episode with John Murphy about growing his revenue from his dropshipping site from 100K to about 500K over the course of, uh, I think it was like eight, eight months or so. If you missed that one, check the list here. It was a recent episode. And that's the reason why Duke emailed me. He was like, hey, I'm doing well with dropshipping too. We should definitely catch up. So if you have questions about dropshipping, some other details, now that we're, we're actually getting more and more content about dropshipping, it could be interesting if we get more questions and I can have a whole episode and potentially bring in an expert in the e-commerce and dropshipping space since I run out of knowledge really quickly. Have a great day out there. We'll catch you in the next episode.